Trivia Music Show of your favorite pop stars. What's good, everybody? We are back with another episode of Pop Muse, the pop music trivia show of your favorite stars. And if it's your first time to the show, we scour the internet and find lesser-known facts about some of the legends, big names, mega stars, or what I always say, some cool cats from the international and national stage to fill you in on. And let's see if you know as much as you think you know about some of these big icons in music. I'm T.J. Reed, and today. I got with me in the studio a very, very special guest who needs no introduction. For those of you who had the pleasure of listening to Roundtable, China's top English-speaking program, then you're no stranger to the host of the show. My colleague, friend, someone I look up to in the world of radio,、oh. He Young. What's happening, girl? Hey guys, <laughs> hey TJ. It's finally we're on a show together about music. This is awesome. This is so great, and this is the first time ever. And thank you so much for that kind introduction. <laughs> yeah. And TJ, I feel like I've prepared my whole life for this particular episode. What?、Uh, yeah. Okay. Because. With this very special icon, legend, and my childhood hero, I started loving him at the age of ten, and it's been ongoing. So it's been、okay. decades. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. And today we want to talk about a marvel in the world of music, not just in America or in China, but the entire globe, possibly even the solar system. Okay. This musician revolutionized the sound,、mm. style, and aesthetics of music.、Uh, he was the significant cultural icon of the 20th century. He dominated the genre of pop music, and he is the epitome of this show. Yes.、So, yeah, really looking forward to putting you guys up on who this juggernaut is. Michael. Jackson. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! That's not really how it's supposed to go on this show. What? <laughs> it's <No> ? a trivia. <laughs> supposed to save that till the end. But there's no way to hold back. Clearly、Michael、not. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> well, since the secret is already out, how would you say Michael resonates here in China?、Mm, that's a very good question because I think his influence. Went on for decades, but also bear in mind、mm. he sang in English. So, right, right. so yes,、um, for some time maybe people had to sort of make an effort to find out more about him.、Mm-hmm. But for anybody who's heard his music, especially who's seen him <laughs> in music videos, and hold on,、right. the man made short films、mm. when other people said there were music videos. That's right. And、right. anybody who's seen him perform, like not many of us have had the privilege to have that experience, but to see him on video, then anybody would be gobsmacked, and <laughs> entertainment would be redefined in your mind. 
Yeah, like because his music is so difficult to imitate.、Mm. Like it's you can't beat the king. You just can't. <laughs> so people take little strands of his music, I suppose,、right. in some shape or form. But I don't think they've done a job nearly on par with what Michael does. Well, yeah, and that, yeah, you just said it that you can't really duplicate what he has done.、Mm-hmm. So you can take certain elements and certain styles, maybe a jacket here, a dance move here. Yeah. Maybe a certain tone of the voice, and you can, you know, maybe duplicate a lyric or something like that because it brings listeners back to his magic. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, I like that song because it reminds me of Michael, Michael. a little bit. Yeah. You know. And and also、um, in other ways that you can sort of borrow from the King, you can borrow his name. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Can for- you really? I don't know if you can even do that. Okay, so for this latest younger generation of Chinese stars, I know for a fact that a few male stars、mm-hmm. have their English names as Jackson. Okay, I think I know one, at least one. And I know at least two: Yi Yangqianxi and、right. Wang Jiaer. Both of them have Jackson. There's a guy recently that we talked about on the show that was a rapper. Is that、um, one of them? Might be Jackson Wang. Yes, yes, that's、okay. one of them. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and also one day if I have a son, his English name will either be Mike or Jackson, and <laughs> my future dog will take up the remainder of the two、wow. names. Okay, so very close to your heart. So normally how we do this is we typically start from. The beginning, right? Not with everyone, but of course, for this particular musician, we have to because the beginning is where the magic all began.、Mm. So he grew up in a simple, what was it, two-bedroom household of ten children in Gary, Indiana. Ten. I'm just gonna say that one more time. Ten children. That is.、Uh, That's a lot. And、uh, two bedrooms. <laughs> It's kids sleeping everywhere. As、yeah. in, like the place would be packed with kids. Exactly. And imagine the bunk beds there, right? <laughs> So their dad was an aspiring boxer and musician. Okay, boxer. You know that's just you know, a little bit intimidating there, but okay. And obviously, when starting a family, the music road didn't really pan out for him. So this was something that he wanted his children to kind of continue on this dream. Not unusual. A lot of parents would like their kids to do the things that they didn't get to do. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it's really stressful、mm-hmm. for the kids, especially if it's not really something that they want. Um, but at one time, according to this source, and this and the source is according to Biography dot com,、um, their father was a crane operator, and he also was a welder, and sometimes ended did another job to obviously sustain his massive family. <laughs> his wife was a homemaker and a devout Jehovah Witness. And for those that not familiar with Jehovah Witness, these guys typically. Knock on your door. They go door to door and try to recruit people to the organization. I guess you could put it that way. But in terms of like what gave Michael, I guess the the stimuli to start singing for music probably is attributed to his mother because she was a pianist and a singer, and she instilled kind of the musical talents in、uh, her children. So a very musical family.、Uh, according to the source, they had to move furniture around probably in the in the small two bedroom house to probably dance and do the routine. That they did, and so, and that's a little. It, it, it kind of reminds me of my childhood a little bit because me and my sister used to, you know, move stuff around and sing and dance. But obviously, minus the nine siblings, of course. 
<laughs> not quite like that, but yeah, that's just, it's amazing. They'd have songwriting competitions while they were washing dishes and stuff like that. So just music was very natural for them. They were baptized into this world. Yeah. But of course, not all of it is innate, right? There's definitely mm -hmm. some biological or environmental factors that play in. And a lot of that uh, can be attributed to the father, Joe, right? And controversial figure. Controversial figure in that their father would enforce kind of long and grueling rehearsals, which interviews from the Jackson Five. It was a really difficult time. They had to do these long rehearsals and their dad was a bit domineering and they couldn't really refer to him as dad. They were reprimanded if they did. Mm -hmm. So they were they had to say they had to call him Joe. He pushed his children to unbelievable limits and yeah. his children managed to overcome it right. and, and really become somebody maybe bigger than they otherwise would ever turn out to be. Yeah. But for anybody who loves Michael, who <laughs> loves Janet, yes, who feel for the Jackson's children, it's an ambivalent feeling in a way. Sure. Especially when you see how his personal life turned out later on in his life, then you wonder, yes, maybe Joe's parental style and also as a manager to push his children. Yeah, it made them into big stars. But at what expense? Right. A little bit from my reading, I, I read that even for some of the rehearsals, if there was a mistake you got the belt treatment and that's something else that was a little bit controversial and there's something else that i've read also about which might have attributed to a complex that michael had later on was fat nose and this was something mm. that was a name that he was coined not sure if it was from his dad or, or maybe one of his brothers but this is something else that might have attributed to some of the um the plastic surgeries that we saw michael you know go under in the future as well but Moving right along here, in 1967, this was the banner year for the Jackson 5. They won an amateur talent competition in the New York's Apollo Theater, which I happened to visit. Really, really cool. Um, their father decided to take the group professional, and two years later, they signed with the famous Motown Records. And, you know, Motown is famous for Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, and the Supremes. I mean, you name it, there's just... You know, it's a legendary record label. So from there, they, the Jackson 5 just pretty much dominated the airwaves of the late 60s, early 70s. And some of the songs, and I love the Jackson 5, even though I wasn't around during that time mm -hmm. when I was growing up, I mean, my parents were still listening to it. And some of the songs that come to mind were, you know, ABC. ABC. Yeah, yeah. And then also, I'll be there. I'll be there. I can't <laughs> believe I'm singing. And this song is so special to me. Because it gives such warmness and also yeah. remember there was later on, years later, there was this Pepsi commercial which had Michael, the little one, yeah. and the grown-up Michael sang the same song. And it's... It's so warm. It's such a great song. I have it on my ringtone yeah. for my parents. It penetrates. <laughs> it really does. It's a beautiful song. It's been redone. And in the only rendition that I feel 
nothing comes close. Nothing comes close. Well, I think okay, the I'm only, curious the only one say. that I heard that was doable was the Mariah Carey version. Uh, oh, yeah. That's that one was like good. that was actually the one that I heard first. And oh. then I heard the original and I was like, oh, wow, that was a Michael Jackson song. Yeah. So it was um, very beautiful. Never can say goodbye. This oh. is another really beautiful song that really, really just uh, attached to my heart. And um, there's another one for me, and a really famous one called I Want to Be Where You Are. Oh, that's a great one. Beautiful song from the Got to Be There uh, album. Great track. I heard it the first time when I was watching the Jackson 5. They had a cartoon segment. Oh. And in this cartoon, you know, they would play songs and then you would, you know, so it was it was just magical. Yeah. For the Jackson 5, as a group, they became popular and were kind of like trendsetters. Mm. And at the time, they were pushing the boundaries between black and white yeah. music, right? Because sure. back then, well, this is something that... TJ, you definitely would know more about than I do about the history of black artists becoming more mainstream and Michael Jackson was a trailblazer in that sense. And we sometimes don't really remember now, but it was every step he made was kicking and breaking (laughs) walls, you know, and going into new territory and prove what he could do also um, paving the way for, well, some people even say like the Oprah Winfrey's and the Barack Obama's in the future uh, in different areas of society. Yeah. And you're right. Uh, America is and has been a country that struggles with race. Race is a really big deal and ugly past and present issue. But yeah, the Jackson 5 was phenomenal in the 70s, 60s and 70s. And as they grew up, they continued to do music. And Michael, when he went into his solo career, I got to hear other tracks like Music and Me, you know, this guitar ballad, and then Ben, you know, these kinds of songs. So just continue blessing us with more and more music. And also Ben was Michael Jackson's first number one single as a solo solo artist. artist. And Mm. Ben was about this little boy singing to a a rat, right? Big fat rat. (laughs) I think the music video had like rats running around everywhere and I was like, oh, I don't know where this video is going, but (laughs) I couldn't figure it out. I was like, what does a rat have to do? But I guess it's a soundtrack to, um, I guess there was a previous film or a previous work in the past that those lyrics was based off of and it it involved some rodent somewhere. So (laughs) I guess that had a lot to do with it. But for a song to be about this kind of creature, it was still so beautiful. It was. It was a beautiful song. And the maturity that Michael demonstrated even at that tender age of was mm. it nine years old or something like that, yeah. singing that song. And the first time when I checked this out on VCD at the time. <laughs> VCDs. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. It's just really old. <laughs> and, and also, um, I think he was really enjoying it at the same time, although mm. it must have been really tiring and, sure. and, and a lot of the things not so glamorous we don't see behind, behind the, scenes, the scenes right yes of course yeah but he was amazing as a child star yeah he mentioned in 1993 when he won the grammy legend award mm. that uh, his childhood was taken from him you know and that he never got to experience christmas or birthdays and it just wasn't a, a normal childhood but he also mentioned that all of that was exchanged for hard work struggle and pain that eventually led to professional success 
But as an awful price, I cannot recreate that part of my life, nor would I want to change any of it. And his brother mirrored that sentiment later in a 2011 ABC interview. So it seems like maybe at that time, as young men growing up, that was something that they resented. And it was something that was really hard on them. But as they got older and everything was said and done, they're proud of where they came from. As you said, the ambivalence, right? The extremity of what they had to go through to be great. And then also looking at where they where they end up. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's not for everyone. No, it isn't. You and know. also just the behavior of Joe, the father, sounds kind of similar to some of the tiger moms and tiger dads in this country. <laughs> but maybe not going to such extremes. But, mm. um, for example, Long Long, the, yeah, the yeah. renowned pianist from China, uh, he shared information, memories of childhood, what his dad did to push him and things. Mm. And they went through a really difficult period when Long Long grew up. It was difficult to love his dad in a way because of all the stuff that dad did. But also he admitted that, well, without that kind of push that his dad levied on him, there's no way he could come, you know, achievements that he's made. But with that all said, maybe it worked for some kids. Maybe it worked for Janet, for example. Janet Jackson is a huge star and artist in her own right. And maybe her personality could endure it better, maybe. But just look at Michael, and especially in his most candid song ever, childhood Mm. and i think michael Mm. i mean i just think that the man he gave up too much and and it's just extreme sadness when you think about some of the stuff that happened later i don't think you can attribute all of that to his father but his upbringing had such a huge influence and negatively as well to how he conducted his life later on and it's it, it just breaks my heart thinking about it I can totally understand it. And as someone who is a loyal fan and is in love with the artist and his music, I could definitely see and feel the empathy coming from you there. But as I always say, and from my angle and the way I look at it as we wouldn't probably have him on this show, he wouldn't have made the impact, I feel, Mm -hmm. without some of those um, things that he experienced growing up. Michael was like a man his entire life. It's, oh, and that's just, and that's really yeah. tough. He uh, in one interview uh, in a 2002 mm. Gold magazine interview, he mentioned how when he was eight years old, he was in nightclubs, so strippers, um, drunken brawls, and he said that he saw people at such a young age act like quote human pigs. You know, so I mean, this is something that as an eight-year-old, this is not the environment for you know someone normally in this so you you grow you have to grow up really really fast Mm -hmm. and um that has its drawbacks as well especially as we saw uh later on in his career yeah but michael broke away from his dad's shackles at the age of 21 (laughs) after he turned into you know grown man that's right very smart guy and that brings us to probably my favorite part of the discussion and that's some of his music that really really penetrated even more so than the Jackson 5 music and that was Off the Wall Off the Wall was when he was really completely on his own 1979 (laughs) when it came out amazing album and probably my favorite track on that album and it's hard to say there's quite a few But the one that I like the most in the music video, he's like a dancing disco ball 
You know, he's got <laughs> I the, love that the moves going, and you know, he's just smiling while he's singing, yeah. and it's just like you could feel that this is me. Yeah, this is what I want to say, and this is who I am. Yeah, you know, love it or leave it alone. So. Rock with you was oh, probably wonderful. Start <laughs> clapping out no, of nowhere. No, it's all good. <laughs> it's such a great song, great music video. TJ, what was it about it that sort of make you love it so much? Was it that you know he's turned into to be a sexy young man? <laughs> he's no longer the child star anymore. He's very right. attractive. Well, it wasn't that part that appealed to me. Uh, okay, of course, but it was to me. <laughs> <laughs> but. For me, it was the lyrics were captivating. Yeah, the beat it had that really unique sound of the '70s, and of course the dancing. I mean,、mm. at that age, I'd never seen any other musician dance like that. Oh, really? Because in that music video, he was just his his feet were moving this way, and、yeah. his body was moving this way, and was, and it was just so rhythmic. Rock with you was my favorite songs, or one of the first ones that I heard of him that I fell in love with. And then, just as I got older, it was just like bam, bam. And then there was Thriller, right? Oh, Thriller! Thriller just reinvented all standards of commercial pop success. I mean, it was in、uh, 1982 when it was released. It debuted at number one, and it had seven top ten hits on the Billboard 100, including, I mean, obviously Thriller, the actual song. And that that video is probably my first. Memory of Michael Jackson、mm. because the video was just so intense. I watched it and the part when he turned into a werewolf.、Mm-hmm. I mean that just freaked me out. I was so scared. I got up and ran behind my couch and I, <laughs> and I covered my ears because you know the screaming that ensued and then just if you look back at the TV screen, he, he's a completely different person. As you said, Michael, he's a good-looking guy,、mm-hmm. and then in one scene and in the next scene he becomes this monster, and then all of a sudden he's dancing and then. I come back to the couch, and all of a sudden he becomes a zombie, and then I run back away again. You know, it was just so intense. And music videos weren't like that before,、mm-hmm. and so this was something that just reinvented the wheel when it came to music videos. And that's that music video, at at least at that time, was the most expensive of its kind,、mm-hmm. right? So it was just、uh, an incredible, incredible experience. And one little note here that I, when I was doing my reading. Was that he almost didn't release that video? Oh, why? Because of his religious background. Because you know him being a Jehovah Witness, he felt that this was a bit too dark,、mm-hmm. and so that's why at the beginning it was like due to my personal convictions. You know, I am in no way a part of the occult. Oh, that's、and、what so, he was referring to. Yeah, that's what he was saying. He was just like you、mm-hmm. know putting that disclaimer out there, and I thought that that was really cool.、Mm. And that music video is definitely one of the monumental、mm. acts in the history of music videos. Period. Yeah. And when I first saw it, actually, it was quite a bit later, but I was still astounded by the creativity、mm. that was put to the music video, and also the red leather jacket. Oh yeah. I mean, you're looking at the fashion. I'm looking at the costume, the makeup. <laughs> I mean, these. Guys, look! They look so real, and they're popping out of these grays, and they got this twitch when、yes. they walk in, and the it, zombie dance. Even the zombies, the twitches were rhythmic, and it went with the beat, and it was just so. It was this amazing masterpiece of music, but it was also horrific. They had Vincent Price in the background talking, and and it was just epic. It I mean, was, just, yeah. There's just unequivocal, really. And this is the album, yeah. That's 
sold most copies in the world, I think. Yeah, yeah. It stayed at the top of the charts for 37 weeks. There's 52 in a, in a year, by the way. So pretty much that entire year, Michael was on top. And then when he released the video for Thriller later on, it shot back up to the top again. So, I mean, it was pretty much like two years of just Michael, Michael, Michael. And again, you know, when you're a kid and you see someone that electric and he looks like me in a way, you know, that's something else too, because I mean, as a kid, normally when you watch a lot of media at that time in history in the 80s, you know, there wasn't a lot of airplay for a lot of black musicians, especially with MTV. You know, it wasn't until Michael and until Whitney Houston that really broke these barriers. They started to play these artists on a more widespread scale. So yeah amazing album there was another track and a billy jean billy jean and that was something that was also really interesting again lyrics i didn't understand as a young man but as i get older apparently i i learned that the lyrics well it's about a woman who claims that the narrator or the song is the father of her child and these songs kind of are inspired by the jackson five as they got older they were touring around the groupie claims you know i mean this is a reality of the musician's world sometimes these claims are valid sometimes they're not in mm -hmm. this case they're not yes so yeah <laughs> Really interesting song there, very magical as well. Every step that he took, they just the floor just lit up, and he was wearing these really sleek and classy Tux. suits. Yeah, yeah, and he would just be dancing and he disappearing. And so Michael was just a magical. It was just like, wow, he could disappear. He does this spin, and then all of a sudden he lands on his toes, and then yes. he disappears. And it's like, whoa, what's going on? And he turns into a tiger in one scene. So it's just he already turned into a tiger in that music video. I think so. Was it a tiger? Well, some he turned, animal. <laughs> he, he turned into a black panther in right. danger in black or white mm, in, at the end, right? At the end, right, yeah. But right, that would right. be in. 1991. Yeah, the that's album a Dangerous. Bit later. Yes, and then he had, he had another one that was on that same album, and it's interesting because today you're wearing, you are yes. dressed for the part. I mean, I am. It, <laughs> you got, <laughs> she's got the black shoes on. For those of you listening out there, the with the white socks, the signature white socks and black shoes. She's wearing it in the style of Michael Jackson, and she's got a T-shirt on that says "Beat It." Also, another amazing song that has this energy to it. It was kind of like a rock song, which was also something that it was kind of cool that he was able to cross over into rock, dance, um, not necessarily hip hop, but he had he got involved with that a little bit later with yes. the Dangerous album. Mm -hmm. But just, I mean, music in general was just captivated into his sound. But yeah. Beat It was also really awesome, especially the jacket that he wore. I mean, yes, just probably, that jacket. That's probably the signature jacket of um, his career, I think. Yeah, the red leather jacket. Yeah. Well, anybody who's wearing it, I the first reference that comes to mind would be MJ for me, and I own <laughs> a red leather jacket. And also... I need to get one. I can't believe this! You don't have one, Tony? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I got a fedora, but that, that's as far as I go. I, I I can't really rock the glove and uh, the jackets. Very nice. And, <laughs> and also, this is a little piece of MJ trivia for dedicated fans All out right. there. Michael never wore any designer loafers, but Michael refused because he only wore the 
Florsheim shoes, the only brand of black loafers that he wore all his life.、Mm. They're not very expensive.、Mm-hmm. They're from a local shoe shop,、oh, nice. and also according to Michael Bush, who's Michael Jackson's designer, stylist, and friend of 25 years,、right. he said when Michael was on tour and when Mr. Bush first time was working with Michael and he was trying to polish. Michael's shoes, and Michael was like always very nice, sensitive, <laughs> well spoken. But but <laughs> the man got mad, and he raised his voice and told Mr. Bush, "Don't ever touch or polish my shoes because I like the way they are,、mm. worn out, beaten up, and because they just fit his." Feet so well, and he has a sense of security dancing in them、mm. because he grew up in those shoes、right. and going on stage, and therefore Michael would forever be wearing those Florsheim shoes. And if I、wow. get to go to the U.S. one day, I would definitely get a pair as well. And wow, yeah, I might have to get me a pair too. <laughs> <laughs> Think I'm sold on that. <laughs> so that was beat it. In 1987, he dropped another album that was huge for me, and I think that this was just—I was already a Michael Jackson fan, but this album also just pushed me way over into the Mike zone, and I was just like, "Mike is the man." Yeah, and that was bad. This album was amazing.、It、had some really, really famous tracks on there. Smooth Criminal was love it. Was just again the dapper suit, the style, the dancing, the lean.、Right? Yes. Well, Michael decided that he wanted to lean 45 degrees while dancing, and he got the shoes invented. It was amazing. I didn't know how it was physically possible. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, "How is that possible?" And I would try, and of course, I'd fall over. So it was just <laughs> you need like, the right shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> He had another track on there called "Leave Me Alone," which, again, at that time, I didn't understand the gravity of what he was saying, but. As I grew older, I loved that song even more and more because Michael's life was kind of like a circus when it comes to the media. They attacked this poor man all the time. They would say that he was doing this and that. He was involved with this person and that person, and so he made this music video where he just was really attacking the paparazzi. The rumors that he had elephant man bones and he had a hyperbolic oxygen chamber and just romances and. It was just like his life was a circus, and like at the end of the music video, it was kind of cool. Where it was like there was a a, a carnival built on his body, and、oh. like there was a roller coaster riding up and down, and then at the end, he just breaks away from it. He gets up and breaks the park, and then tears off the the roller coaster, and then like walks off. Kind of like he's getting away from the madness of the world. Everyone profiting off of him, and、mm. just you know using him as a piece of entertainment. Just. Think about what it would be like living in a、mm. world when everybody comes to you for a reason. And yes, growing、hard. up like that must have been very, very difficult.、Mm. Like, who do you trust? Who do you trust? Who and, loves you?、Mm-hmm. And that album actually had this other song that. In my heart is the all-time number one MJ song. Okay. Man in the mirror. Oh man, man in the mirror. That is another very beautiful song. Yeah, it was number one in not just in the U.S. but three other countries. 
Belgium, Italy, and Poland. It reached the top five in Canada. Huge, huge song. Um, it was the fourth of the five consecutive number ones from that same album, Bad, to reach the Billboard Hot 100 and making Michael the first to achieve this milestone. And when I watched the music video, just the images of hunger and poverty and just it wasn't a conventional music video most music videos the artist is there they're singing they're you know getting their awareness out in the world by captivating themselves but in this music video it wasn't about really him i mean you saw world leaders you saw people notable for humanitarian work you know there was um martin luther king also there was mother Teresa, the archbishop um desmond tutu just a lot of people and john f kennedy was in there as well and just this notion of giving back and trying to redistribute the wealth in the world to places and people that need it the most. Mm. It made me want to look at myself in the mirror and try to be a better person. And yeah. I think that that's what really what the essence of the song was about. And if we all lived by this philosophy, this world would be a much, much better place. Yes. And TJ, I believe our sort of aha moment to this song mm. were probably years apart. But in the lyrics, he said that um, if you want to make the world a better the place. place, you got to be the change. Look at the man in the mirror. That's where you start. Mm. And it is such a great message that never grows old. Nope, it does not. Beautiful, beautiful track. But that was from the Bad album, and it just, the magic just kept going on and on. And so you had Dangerous yes. that came out, right? And then that one was just, that hit everyone by storm. Beautiful album. There was um, the Remember the Time for me. That Ooh, was uh, the, a really nice track. Uh, I mean, the Pharaoh music, theme. Yeah, it was the Egyptian theme. And you had, you know, Eddie Murphy in the uh, music video and Zeus. He was also there. And it was just really, you know, beautifully done uh, music video, the dancing and the, the choreography. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Michael's appearance at that point was starting to look a lot different, especially from Thriller. But we love him because it's Michael. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter how he looks. It's, it's who he is yeah. that I think really captivates everyone that listens to him. Yeah. Well, in China, I believe Bad was the album that was first sort of came into the country through mm. legitimate avenues. <laughs> and then it was Dangerous. And Dangerous is the album that introduced Michael Jackson to me. Wow. And the first time when I saw the Black or White music video, mm. that was mind-blowing. The tech that was used in it to morph different people. Yeah, the face changing at the end, different races and just yeah. different genders. Everyone was just kind of like mixed up and it was just like, wow, that's kind of cool. You know? Yeah, and when you think about it, that was 1991. Mm. And, and, and Michael was really ahead of the time or or timeless the things that he's put out sure at the time when i saw the black or white music video and listened to the song i had no idea about the racial undertones that mm. were that he was referring to that's all i saw that's all i heard really so, wow yeah, just you yeah. can be my baby it don't matter if you're black, black or, or white. white yeah yeah but in, obviously in america it's just pushing the parameters in a place like mm. the united states where race is a really big deal considering you know the background of uh, of the u.s mm -hmm. but um yeah i guess out here it wouldn't it wouldn't much, it wouldn't hit the same way but it was huge because well music transcends borders and cultures yeah. and with michael's music it really touched people in different ways and i 
thought Michael was white. Because <laughs> it was the first time when I saw him, like right, this, his face, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that all- makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and that's why I say at this when this album dropped and I saw the music video for Remember the Time. Yeah, he didn't look like a black man, really. I mean, mm-hmm. his, the texture of his hair, his complexion. I mean, his nose. Everything Changed. was altered at that yeah. point. But again, as I mentioned before. We loved him regardless because, I mean, his music penetrates. It's not necessarily about the look so much. It's about who he was, what he represented, and um, his style, everything that he brought to us through music. But also his um, skin tone changed color for medical reasons as well, because um, Michael suffered from right. a pigmentation disorder called vitiligo. That is something that he has revealed in certain interviews about vitiligo. Never heard of it until he mentioned it. Actually, the vitiligo is actually something that we've seen in this country as well. Well, a famous uh, director, Feng Xiaogang, in this country, mm-hmm. he suffers from vitiligo, and I've had family members who mm. also. Also have these skin disorder, and it does leave these white patches mm. on the person. And if you were a perfectionist like Michael Jackson, mm. it must have been very difficult for him to accept it, sure. and, and also、um, for anybody to have made the kind of achievements in music, dance, and everything he did. He gotta be. You gotta look good at、yeah. all, every angle. You're always in front、Magnified. of the public eye, so it's like if you have any insecurities, and I'm sure that he had them. We all have them, but we just a lot of us don't have the money to, you know, get those <laughs> insecurities fixed. You know, but、so. also TJ, it's great that you mentioned that because、mm. some of us we tend to forget that, yeah, that this big star or whoever that some people fawn over, you know,、yeah. worship or you, they seem so. Distant. They make so much money. They have all this fame, but also they could be living, and usually they do、yeah. live with insecurities as well.、Absolutely. It's just you don't know. But regardless of that, at this time in his career, I mean, he was a comet in music that you know the world hadn't ever heard of or seen. I would watch these videos, and I was just like, "Wow!" You know, it's all I could. I could just marvel at like the appeal that he had on people from all over the world. And and this is just in my humble opinion. I can't speak. I mean, this isn't on behalf of the organization where we work or anything like that. It's just my personal opinion. I think this also made him a threat as well,、mm. considering the racial climate of the country. Being a black man, even though he's lightened up over the years, he's still a black man, and having the kind of appeal that he had, he was a threat. And、uh, yeah, 1993, you had that accusation of child molestation, which is very well known, and was like the bane of his career was because of this accusation for someone who really loved children and did what he could. And I'm an artist, and as an artist, I think we put a little bit of ourselves into our work, and that is really how you get to know an artist is through what they do. And if you really listen to his music. Man in the Mirror, right? Childhood,、uh, heal, heal the, the world. Then this, you know, and the foundation that ensued from that. There's no way that this person with this kind of heart would ever put their hands on children in that way. 
And my sources came from Wikipedia and a few others. But the FBI found no evidence of criminal conduct on Jackson's behalf. So he was acquitted of these, you know, child molestation charges. But the impact that it had on him throughout his career, just it really messed him up because some people accepted it and some people didn't. Mm. Some people thought that maybe this is who he was. But moving on from there. Another thing that's notable about Michael was uh, some of the ventures that he got involved in. And one of which was in uh, 1988, he bought 2,700 acres in California and he called it Neverland. Now, we've heard about Neverland mm -hmm. a lot. And at this Neverland, it was he had a carousel, <laughs> uh, had a movie theater, a zoo, a Ferris wheel. And he guess he had like 40 members of staff. And this is according to uh, Wikipedia. He had orangutans, elephants, llamas, flamingos. I mean, I'm assuming that this is all for his zoo. And um, in 2016, the property was valued at like uh, $285 million. So, and it was just incredible that he had these things, but not necessarily for himself. He also founded the Heal the World Foundation, and that's where he brought underprivileged children to his ranch and to his theme park. Yes. Michael Jackson was awarded by the Guinness World Records the record for the most charities supported by a pop star, with an incredible 39 organizations receiving his support. Yeah, he was evolving beyond just being an artist. Um, at some point, he signed a contract with uh, Sony, Sony Corporation in 91, and this was the first time that a deal like this went down for an entertainer. That's like a billion dollar deal written all over it. So just yeah. one of the highest earning persons in the history of the record business. And that's according to the L.A. Times. Uh, in 92, this guy went to Africa and was awarded kingship in the Ivory Coast. We talk about him being the king of pop, but he was actually a king in the Ivory Coast, which I thought was kind of cool. They, they named him King Sani and he had a gold throne. So just, yeah, the love just keeps pouring out for Mike. And in Gabon, he was greeted by 100,000 people holding signs, welcome home, Michael. Pretty epic there. And just to keep that vibe going in the historical archives of dance, I think that when I saw the moonwalk and when he introduced it, and I believe it was at the Apollo Theater. It, it kind of appears like he was walking forward yet moved backwards at the same time. Yeah. And after that performance of Billie Jean on Motown's televised 25th anniversary celebrations in 1983, dance was history. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one-of-a-kind fashion. I mean, the jacket we were talking about, the socks, the shoes, just the smoothness of him combing his hair while yeah. he was on the stage and throwing his hat into the audience and the, the one glove, not two gloves, but one glove that's, you know, sparkling there. And also something else that he was able to kind of revolutionize was the Super Bowl halftime show because before he performed there, it wasn't really something that a lot of people looked forward to. Mm -hmm. But when he jumped up on that stage and I remember it. he was just kind of standing there and he didn't move and like everyone was screaming. And only Michael could pull it off. If yeah. it was me on the stage standing there doing nothing for one minute <laughs> yeah people are probably going to be Might throwing have been longer stuff. than one minute. I don't know. He was standing there for a long yeah. time. And people just went mad right yeah. because the anticipation kept on building. I mean he was like a statue. I was like wait a minute is that him? Is he you know and then he turned his head to the other way and I was like okay okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he removed his uh, sunglasses yeah. aviator sunglasses right and just <laughs> launched 
into this unforgettable performance. Absolutely. I've been waiting a long time to do this episode because you kind of have to have the right energy and you have to have someone who is as passionate as Huyang here. <laughs> certainly have the passion. Always ready for Definitely. MJ. And I'm really so thankful that you're able to, that we finally got a chance to do this. This is probably one of the most special productions that I've got to do. So I really Aww. appreciate being able to do this with you and being able to talk about someone that uh, means this much to me and clearly to you. And on one of our shows on Roundtable, you asked me what was my favorite song from Michael Jackson. And I don't think that I could really answer that question because he just has so many songs that hit me in different places of my heart and in my life. And, you know, it's, it's really hard to put a, a cap on some of the top favorite songs. So I'm going to return that question to you right now. And I'd like to ask you, what's your top five? favorite mic songs because at the end of each episode of pop muse we like to play one or two tracks from the musicians that we talk about so today we probably only have time to play one or two so Huyang, give me your top five well thank you very much for being rather generous but five does not suffice yes i'm sure <laughs> um you already know my my love for man in the mirror yeah and also i love rock with you from the disco ball mm, phase of course um also black or white okay and also i love earth song uh, that, yeah, that, came, was... that song was included in the 1995 history album mm. and now decades later yeah this song is more relevant than ever and also i love smile which is a really um a song that doesn't get a lot of people's attention mm. but actually it was written by charlie chaplin in 1932, which was Michael's one of Michael's favorite songs. Mm. And that song showed the inner workings of an the mind of an entertainer who yeah. always have to smile mm. when inside it could be tears, tears. inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> TJ, what about yours? What are your top five? Well, mine kind of mirror what you've just said. I probably at the top of the list is the rock with you yeah and um, of course thriller even though it scared the crap out of me when <laughs> i was a kid it still uh, resonates with me as kind of like it might have influenced my interest in horror films or whatever so thriller rock with you leave me alone that was a really cool song um, when I went to Disneyland, they had something called Captain EO. Oh. And I got to and I saw that in Disneyland at the time and it was so cool and he had a song on there called You're Just Another Part of Me or Another mm -hmm. Part of Me. Loved that song. I loved it mainly from, you know, seeing it in Disneyland, but as I got older and I understood the lyrics more, it had a much more powerful message for me. So, and of course, Lady in My Life. I think all of these songs, and again, there's a whole lot more. They Don't Care About Us. Oh, which great is song. Super relevant today in 2022. It's an amazing song. And also Speed Demon, The Girl mm -hmm. Is Mine, Just the Friends. The Girl Is Mine. Oh, that's with Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney, that's right. And Just Friends with Stevie Wonder. Hold on. You, you've shared far more than five. <laughs> <laughs> and You're Not Alone is great, too. You're Not Alone. That's it. And again, we can go all day long. Yeah. So for the sake of this show, I think we're approaching the end of this particular episode. Huyang, I want to thank you again so much for finally doing this. 
I love Michael. You love Michael. This is a perfect union for this episode. And I just really want to thank you for being a part of it. The pleasure is all mine, <laughs> TJ. And just think about this. Um, at different moments in history, in time, on different continents, two people experienced the same music mm. and most possibly had different reflections sure. and takeaways. But we are here together now <laughs> and talking about MJ's legacy, his music. I'm extremely privileged to be invited on the show and spend this time with you and talking about about something that I truly care about and enjoy <laughs> so much. So thank you so much for having me. Likewise. And for those of you listening out there, be sure to tune in for another episode of Pop Muse where we give you a trivia on a star that you are really into. Reach out to us. Let us know who you think we should give you a trivia on. And we would love to hopefully get that artist onto the show. I'm TJ Reed. I'm Hu Young. <laughs> Take it easy, folks. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Peace.
make a change for once in my life. It's gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. As I turn up the collarbone, my favorite winter coat. This wind is blowing my mind. I see the kids in the street. Not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see them eat? I saw us disregard a broken bottle top and a one-man soul. They follow each other on the wind, you know, 'cause they got nowhere to go. It's gonna feel real good. Some more. Change.